Welcome to the Eligible Bachelor podcast number two, the second of our hopefully recurring series. Well done, Dami. Turn on your phone. Great. Um, so today we have in the studio myself, Rashida Gay. Go on. Yeah, Troy, I'm back again. Sorry about that, guys. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm new. Uh, <laughs> welcome, everyone. I'm Innie. I'm also new. So, yeah. I'm Dami and I'm also new to this. I'm looking forward to it very much. Good, 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 good. Do you guys want to, for the guys who haven't been in before, just tell us what you do, stuff like that. I'm Dami. I'm currently a master's student at Warwick University. I'm into public speaking, writing, and I'm also starting a YouTube show for uh, film and interviewing. Cool. I'm Inni. Um, I am an engineer, so by trade, that's what I do. Nice. Graduated last year, which is good. And um, I also do write. I do spoken word poetry and I put it on YouTube channel. So, yeah. Okay, might be requesting an eligible batch of special poetry. Run, no. <laughs> <laughs> Give me notice. Tom, again, I am, I'm in finance. I am a financial analyst and I look into a space called credit. So corporate bonds um, is what I look into. So any company, you know, you name it, they will usually issue debt and we look at the debt and we tell investors whether it's good or not and whether to buy it or not. Oh, gosh. Aside, <laughs> aside from that, I also with uh, five, six others uh, run a company called Capital Moments. You may have heard of us. We talk about the importance of uh, young people, i.e. between 16 and 24, being commercially aware and you know knowing about what goes on in, in the markets, which is kind of important cool. or pertinent as to what we do. So yeah. Cool, wonderful. Capital Moments is the plug. Yeah, I yeah. check your stuff out every day. I'm glad you're here, actually. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. All right, all right. So, wonderful. Your network being a network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. So today we're going to dive right in. The topic for today is, or the question for today is, when is the right time to start planning your family? Has anyone got, you know, so basically the background behind it is, um, so family planning is something that as men growing up, um, some of us don't think about, some of us do um at different points of our lives um the question came about from a conversation that i had with a friend as usual and um, we we're talking about um the effects of a partner on your productivity and stuff like that and as well as knowing you know when the right time is to ask a woman to be your woman or to have a child and the implications of that on your wallet as well as your time and your ability to kind of be productive in whatever you do yeah so question when is the right time to start planning a family? Wow. Okay, I'll go. Um, it's, a, it's a huge question. <laughs> I would say there isn't a specific time. It, it's more of a mental state. Um, I believe if the guy isn't in, in the right frame of mind, you know, that he's with himself, able to sustain, you know, family, able to re um conversate with the person he wants to marry able to build a life together i think you know when he feels is the right time then it's the right time because we all have stages where we believe that you know when we're in what 30s or our late 20s you know 40s or whatever it is that you know this is the time i'm gonna get married if i don't do this now you know then other people would be looking at me and like why aren't you married yet you know all this all this kind of stuff that pressures you know you to get married but i believe it's a more of a mental state than anything else 
I'm looking around and you guys are looking kind of stressed. Like, what's going on? Yeah, because <laughs> you threw out a tough question. Um, first of all, I don't know many men that plan from early like girls do. You know how girls talk about weddings and stuff. I've never personally heard it that early. Um, when you threw it out and when you said any, it could be any time whatsoever, right? I know there's certain relationships and families that have started on just condom splitting. Like, mm. let's be real. But, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're still, they'll be together for time. Yeah, you yeah. get what you mean? Yeah. And they didn't plan it. So it's hard to say. Obviously, if you're not from, I guess, a religious background, you're not like invested in those kind of commitments like that. I guess it's hard to say when to plan because you can plan and plan and plan and then never ex execute it because mm. maybe you don't have enough money or your frame of mind isn't right or you're always wondering, oh, is this the right one or not? But then some people kind of fall into it and it works for them. I'm not saying it works for everyone because, you know what I mean? I don't want people just go start fucking raw and doing all those things. <laughs> like, I'm not saying do those <laughs> things, please. Like, be careful. But what I'm saying is like some things happen on this can happen in the spur, like without planning, and it still works for some people. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think uh, it's such like a loaded question, and it's a very open question. I think you kind of you have to not. I'm not going to say you have to take a scientific scientific approach to answering the question, but I think you have to. I think there are a number of factors. I think, like you said earlier, that there's um, an emotional. Well, not an emotional, but there is. There's like an emotional component. Emotional, about, are you ready yeah. to be ready? There's also a monetary component as mm. well. Can you afford um, the cost of living, i.e. particularly when we're talking about um, raising children? Someone said the average cost of um, having a child between the age of uh, zero to 18 is about 500,000. So, you know, as a, that's what you'll be spending on on, on children. So that's a, that's a lot of money. Um, so they're a big investment. And in fact, for some children, you don't even get that investment back. You know what I mean? Some, some reprobate, God forbid, but some reprobate kids, you know, you don't get your, you don't get your five hundred thousand pounds back or even more. Um, return an investment. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's uh, it's a crude way of putting it, but I think, um, I think part of it is you know when you're ready, but I, th I think you have to almost get your ducks in a row. Mm. Um, I think with yourself. I also think it's a mutual thing as well as about the 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 woman or if you're, if you're inclined differently, it could be a person of the same sex, of course. You know, you have to um, consider what, where's the other person at? Where's your partner at? And you're always hoping that you're on the same page. But I also, th I think it's something to probably discuss with them as well. I think, you know, I, I, I personally believe in life that most questions can be answered before the event actually takes place. Oh, it's a very pragmatic approach to doing things. But, you know, there's nothing wrong in discussing with your partner, when would you like to get married or when would you like to have children? These kind of, it's important to ask these questions, I think, as early as possible. Mm -hmm. Of course, assuming, you know, you're not just on a first date, let's assume you have yeah. a partner. No, 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 it's true, it's true. Um, Can I buy you a drink? Will you marry me? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's, you know, but I, I, I think that often because of the opposite sex, there is almost like a downward age pressure on when men are, arc slash require to settle down so for women that that you often hear this 30 number being thrown around because of the biological clock not everybody agrees with it but mm. you often hear that quite a lot mm -hmm. and so women say they'd like to be married on the right side of 30 um and as a man some men aren't ready for that some men are some some men aren't and you know um, i think it, it depends and i often think that number has been put there because of the opposite sex i don't so, think it's a good thing or a bad thing i just think it, it is what it is so I mean, I, th I threw the question out onto Twitter, but my Twitter is not really popping. 
Um, so it obviously trickled down to Facebook. And on Facebook, I have quite a few people who replied. Um, what was sh- shocking to me is a lot of men um, on the response were speaking about the lady. So one is when she's late. One is... Um, <laughs> when she's late. Yeah, exactly. Another is when you're ready to apologise for shit you haven't done. Um, <laughs> another is... Um, oh, this one's quite deep, actually. When you begin to feel so lonely despite the presence of your immediate family members. Damn. Everything there you said is kind of negative, you know. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm about to ask. No one's actually said like, oh, when you feel like you really love the person. Exactly. I know it's cheesy, but no one's actually said something along those lines of feelings or even, yeah, I will know when I'm ready. They're all just, it's very negative. It's a very negative view of I guess settling down and maybe that's because you don't have to you don't really have to I guess start a family quote unquote these days you can I guess if you want you can still have kids and have multiple baby mums people do it and survive or you can just not have kids and just sleep with multiple people or do you get what I mean it's almost like you have so much other options that now whereas maybe a couple maybe a decade or so ago but now like it seems like settling from that comment or those comments it seems like settling down is kind of the worst option exactly. and the last option. It's like when all else fails, I'll settle, which is a kind of... A, I've never seen it like that and I've never mm, heard of it yeah. like that. Now the question is why? Why is it like that? Why does it seem like such a negative, such a overburdened... What was that? Oh, my phone just dropped into the bin. Wow. <laughs> Wonderful. It's your fault. But why is, it such a, man, but... why is it such a big deal? Why is what such a big deal? Um, You know, getting married. Why does it seem like such a negative or settling down? I, I don't know. I, I want I want to answer the original question um about planning a family. And I think you start planning a family from like one of your uh answers alluded to from the moment basically that you kind of meet somebody interesting. So uh as soon as you're in the dating game, right? Because every uh female you come into is now a potential partner as soon as you're of a certain age. So you're subconsciously checking her out. Um, could this person be a mother to my children and so on and so forth. So um, I think, so I think it's happening constantly. I think it's happening constantly after a certain age because we're, we're assessing like our, our friends, um, different women we come into, um, come into contact with, what are they like? What's their personality like? Uh, is she hygienic? Um, is she uh, particularly yeah, focused? Is she uh, like? Is she interesting? Could I get along with her? Would she have a perspective that I'd like my children to have? Is she cultured? We should be able to instill certain culture in there. Does she have the right uh, spiritual inclination for me? Uh, all those kinds of things. So we kind of we're planning. We're like subconsciously like that's planning. Like we're planning. Okay. I'm so for example, like when you when you find a lady that you're interested in, uh those you'll find that some of you'll be interested in her because of some of those reasons, right? Because uh because she's attractive and that means you know she has good genes, or because she's hygienic and it means that she'll be able to uh, l- uh look after children and uh maybe she's a good cook, particularly, and you know, that means you know my children will be well fed and so on. So these are the kind of things that are happening subconsciously, I guess, from the moment we um we encounter uh, uh ladies that we don't necessarily um uh, always think about. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you said from the right age or from a certain age, what's the certain age? 
What, um, what age you guys I, feel? I, I, puberty. I, I was thinking puberty nah, when I said I laugh, that. But... I, I laugh and joke and I say to anyone who's... It's a bit of a hard and fast rule, but I say to anyone who's probably below the age of 18, that relationship doesn't count. There are exceptions to probably every rule in life. So there are exceptions to that rule. But in this day and age now, I find because of how fast everything is in life that I think... If I think about going back to when I was a teenager, I didn't have all this social media and these kind of distractions to go and um, make me fo force me to grow up quickly, so to speak. It's like if you wanted to go and call a girl, you might have had to have used the landline to do mm -hmm. it. Now, mm -hmm. you, you know, and, and if you're on a landline, you're going to have to speak to someone's mum or dad. Yeah. True. So there's already some kind of policing device. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, now it's just, oh, I'll just slide into DMs yeah. or go into, so kids have grown up really quickly, but I just wonder if they're kind of emotionally ready to have a serious relationship, you know, because you can have a relationship, oh, fine, babe, let's go to McDonald's or whatever and eat and whatever and stuff like that, but that mm. doesn't necessarily um, count. So I say anything below the age of 18, I say just doesn't really count. I'd say, for me, I'd say, you know, as just a general kind of, general rule um just i'd say like any any time like after uni i guess because you know you've done school and well, there's not any reason it's just i just yeah. feel you're, you're a bit more mature you've had you've not experienced life but you've experienced enough life mm -hmm. i use it in kind of you know quote quote unquote um inverted commas but i think yeah i think you just have to wait i think those teenage relationships they just they're fu they're fueled by hormones. They're not fueled by anything else most mm. of the time. I don't think. So. No, I mean, I I think I'd be I'd come under the exceptions to your to the, to that rule. Not because I had uh, a teenage sweetheart or anything, but Aww. I think that I think that even at eighteen, even at seventeen, eighteen. I mean, I, actually, I mean, I can think of a couple of relationships that went on for a long time, even from um, sixth form college years. But I think that even at those ages. Um, I think you're still kind of subconsciously auditioning um, people you come in, uh, into contact with. So I think from there, you can kind of create the foundation for um, family planning and so on. Uh, I think you're right that it doesn't happen a lot. Um, but but I wouldn't necessarily discount those um, um, relationships. I would say that because... In response to that as well, because you said they grow up faster. So not, <coughs> from their point of view, do you think that if they feel old enough from a young age with social media, yeah. do you think they actually might feel like they're ready? I'm not going to say they yeah. are, because from what from what I've seen, they're probably not. And they probably don't feel like they're not. But do you feel like if you are, if you feel like you're doing stuff, as you said, you're growing up so quick, do you feel like there is potentially now or even in the future that you could hear 16 year olds saying, yeah, I'm ready to settle down now? And as confusing as it seems, if they're growing up that quickly, do you think it's a possibility? I think, um, I definitely think it's a possibility, but I think it's one thing to say, I'm ready to be in a relationship. It's another thing to actually execute it. Someone made the point about execution earlier. It's, it's you know, I think um, relationships after a honeymoon period, they're not easy. They're difficult. And when you get to the stage where you're working and you're having to engage in adult life and do adult things, mm -hmm. I often think that, most of adult life is boring. It's very functional. It's very administrative. It's like cleaning. It's doing the washing. It's paying bills, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of touching base with 
family, you know, a lot who you love and some, quite frankly, who you'd rather not speak to. It's that kind of thing. Then you need a, I, I feel you need a partner who just makes that kind of life easy. Yeah. Um, but I think when you're young and you're in a kind of school relationship where you're, you know, you're living at, you're just kind of living at home and you're studying and, and stuff like that. You're very shrouded and your outlook on life is very different, I think. And I, to answer the question directly, I think they will feel like they're ready um, because of, you know, what they've seen on TV and et cetera and read books and whatnot. But, you know, whether they're actually emotionally ready to handle a, a relationship is a different question. I'm not going to cast judgment because everybody's different. Um, um, so it's, it's a bit more of a judgment call. But I I just, I can't, I think about myself now, I'm, t- I'm 24. And I go back to when I was maybe 16. And I'm, I feel like it, it's just been a complete transformation, like a 180 kind of thing. And my outlook on life, <clears throat> on money, on relationships, you name it, my outlook is almost completely changing a lot of things. And I think when, you know, when you're young, why you get into a relationship is very different to when you are a little bit older, I think. And what you look for on a partner is very different. What I looked for in a, in, in a, in a match when I was 16 is very, very different. Some things have stayed the same, of course, but they're very different to where I am now at mm. 24. So. Well, certainly. I mean, it, it obviously will change. Like, let's bring the conversation back towards us at our ages now, um, rather than talk about, you know, the age of when one should start. Finances. How important is finances in starting a family i.e i mean with a partner rather than having a baby move on to babies later on i think they're important um some people well i find that there's some guys who have different boundaries of when um how much would be enough to start family so for some people it could be 40 grand for some people it could be 10 you know all that stuff i think it's the lifestyle that you kind of have and the finances that go with that lifestyle and if you feel the the partner that you have fits the same lifestyle you have and the money you know that you you know hold and all that stuff can hold you to then you know some people think it's it's fine but there are other people who be like nah we need a different lifestyle to the one i am at at the moment so i need to um to upgrade you know, my finances, as it were. So I need to get promoted. I need to, you know, find a new job or get a second job and then all that kind of stuff. I think that there are very, very different sides to the to the argument. Some people feel like it's very important. Um, others don't, you know, regard it as that important because they have a spirited lifestyle. You know, they can do whatever. Mm, I've got and, two. Yeah, yeah, go on. I've got two quotes here. One goes, um, when your disposable income is one third of your year salary. And the other one is... Wow, that's uh, right. Damn. That's a lot. And the other one is, um, bro, there's never a right time. As long as you love your wife, you will find a way through it. I think certain people listen to the podcast and hear those numbers that Tom dropped and start spinning, you know, because when he dropped those numbers, what was it 500k? No, my head was spinning. My head was actually spinning. Um, money-wise, I dip, yeah, I think it depends on your lifestyle. Um, so I'm in a relationship now, been in it for three years, and we're in. Thanks, shout out to me. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 need to celebrate that. Hold on, you're you're like a responsible, good. No, the thing is, this is what I was going to go to. So Mm. we moved in together, and uh, this is where I. Oh wow! Okay, so definitely. (laughs) (laughs) No, because what you said about the bills and stuff was important. So it's worked because from 
from a younger age to three years, I'm 24 now. So we've done, we've moved and the conversations are different, but the pressures are different. Mm. When you think you've come out of the bubble of home, and like you said, the things, the small things that you could do anyway, because we could clean, we could. but when you're in your house, especially if you're in a big family, there's five hands, five pairs of hands cleaning. Now it's two. No matter, no matter how big or small the place is, once you start get, once you move, you realize how much you then have to do, oh, and then you have to work out how much time you have, you can not have to, you can spend together. And you got to maneuver things in order to spend time together. When it comes to the financial stuff, we it's like there's certain things we don't, we can't, or we haven't thought of buying. So we live around the corner from a train station, so we thought we leave a car. And the biggest decision for that was was being financially comfortable. That yeah. so we've both come from a place of where you know you struggle with money and every yeah. every time to stress. Got both got new jobs at, at the right time, moved out, still comfortable. So it's almost like, do you want to break that comfort yeah. comfort zone yeah. at the moment? Yeah. You know, as soon as you get a child, it's broken because yeah. Yeah. a child's unpredictable. Mm. You don't know how much mm. your outlay really is gonna be. Mm. It could be you might, <coughs> might want to send them on trips. You might want to go to trips as a family. Like, on their yeah. back end, is the food how much food will cost in the future? Yeah. It's all sorts of stuff that just comes up, and I think financially, I think both of those statements I can't agree with. You're going to need money. But once you start putting like a third, you what what I would say is you need enough, you need enough money and enough things you can maneuver. Yeah. It's not just about your income. So say, I don't know, you got you're paying for your house, your car, your blah blah blah. You got to be like, okay, I could, when you have a child, you have to make sacrifices. I can take that, move that, drop that, and she can take this, move that, drop that, yeah. or we can jig it. Or okay, then. It's like some of the stuff I do now. Okay, I can't go and buy food at work every day because this is how I work it out. So roughly a five for a day, £25 a week, £100 a month. That's That's gone. So I'm thinking, okay, then maybe if I spend a tenner on, I don't know, something I can cook weekly, it cuts that price down. That price will then have to go to the child. And it's it's that kind of manoeuvring I think you have to learn how to do is those skills I don't think you're taught, which is hard when yeah. people go, yeah, this is mm. how much you need and this is how much this should cost and that should cost with inflation and a mixture of what you're doing. I think these things are incredibly hard to say, yeah, either love will get us through or this is the income I would need. It's tough. Um, I just wanted to, well, uh, firstly, I just also want to say I'm 24 too, by the way, since we're all saying it. Uh, <laughs> are, you, no, are you in a relationship? No, I'm not um, at the moment. Uh, working on it. That's not supposed yeah, to hint working anything. Working on it. Or? No, he gave uh, a shout out earlier. You see, he was specifying his ladies. Oh yes. yes oh yes. yes. <laughs> no. Um. What I wanted to say is um. So a few things out there. First of all, um. In terms of uh, our chosen partners, um. An example that's come to um to my mind is um that of House of Cards. Um. Not just because it's a good TV show and I like movies and TV shows, but because in it you have a central character who's in a relationship which isn't an I love you, um, you make me, my, my heart go fuzzy kind of relationship. Uh, they're together because they can add things to each other in terms of career and the, uh, the I think the affection comes to the side of that uh, or, or secondary to that fact. Um, so I think that's interesting in terms of what um, Tom was saying earlier about <laughs> the differences in uh, between the kind of um, partner he'd look at at 16 and the kind of partner he'd look at now. But I think in terms of finances, I mean, coming from a Afro-Caribbean background, we should also remember that 
okay, despite the fact that it is expensive, and I actually remember my uncle saying to me that he knew that as soon as he had his first child, he would never have any disposable income ever again. And his, um, like the child would change his life. But despite all those things, I think coming from these kinds of backgrounds, we do have a lot of support. Um, and so, I mean, I, 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 well, I mean, okay, I, that's true. I mean, that's not always the case. Um, but in, uh, in many cases we, we will have support in terms of, uh, parents and grandparents, uh, not just financial support, but I mean, uh, mentoring in terms of advice on, on how to do things, uh, and obviously childcare provision and, uh, that kind of thing. So despite the fact that it's a gigantic, uh, financial commitment, there is, uh, I mean, there, I mean, normal, in, in normal cases, in ideal circumstances, there is um, some support. Lastly, I just want to make a point about being a housewife. Since we're talking about, um, since we're talking about earnings, I just want to say that it's uh, in terms of being uh, egalitarian and all the rest of it. I think it's it would be good in some in some cases. It's good for um, a woman to be um, the main breadwinner in the family, and I say that uh, not because I'm uh, a feminist or uh, or whatever, even though I am. But I actually say that because I'd like to be looked after too. You know, if someone told me that uh, I could look after the house and look after these children that we're financially planning for, and all I had to do was sleep with you and clean a few times, um, I'd, I'd jump down your throat. So. I think. Wow! Um, wow! You didn't just say that. You didn't just say that. No, I'm oh my god. <laughs> oh my wow. god! I'm just saying. Wow. I'm just saying. Be, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no! no. Wow! wow. They, they, pit, pit. Do you know? I'll, 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 I'll um, <laughs> get him, Tom. Cut, 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 no, cut, no, 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 no! I'm, 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 you know, this is, this is. I mean, look, you're entitled to your, your, your own opinion, sure. and I think was it Voltaire that said, "I don't necessarily respect your opinion, but I, I will fight for you to have your opinion." You know, and but I think. Um, Wow, I'm still just. I was going to make a point, but um, I've, you know, I think I, you know, I, I um, I work with a lot of people in as I work in finance. A lot of people who work with me that are older, they are, they have um, spouses who are homemakers, um, and it kind of makes economic sense. And it's it's not just uh, guys; it's also. Um, girls too there are women whose men are stay-at-home dads yeah, absolutely. and it, it, it makes sense because a lot of these people they work incredible you know incredibly long hours 60 70 hours a week um but the money i guess in a certain sense compensates a lot of these guys are making like really really good good six-figure sums which you know for for it can be one person's earnings can be more than what two people earn on average for example and mm -hmm. it it's kind of works really well but you know it's it's kind of it's great in one sense that they have this system is also quite saddening because even though they're the ones earning the money, they don't really get to see the kids that much. And that's something that kind of concerns me going forward. I'm like, if I stay in this career and I, I, I really like what I do and I, I wouldn't mind staying in it. I'm like, you know, I, I, I haven't really ever wanted to have a, a homemaker as a spouse. I've wanted to have someone if, well, if she wants to work fine, by all means she can work. Um, I'd like to be in a position where you know, by the grace of God, I have enough money to say to her, look, the choice is yours, but by no means, you know, we can pay for uh, childcare and stuff like that. So um, I, I've never wanted to be um, a, a house husband. I've always enjoyed work too much to for that for me to think about it. But I will say that when I think about it, we should never um, 
denigrate the role of being a homemaker. It takes, mm. it takes so much to make a house a home. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I believe <clears throat> in almost, in, a, in kind of a traditional way that I don't think a man can make a house a home. I think only a woman can make a, a house a home. Only, you know, only a, a woman can put the finishing touches and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's a bit like, you know, when... It's like, I don't know how mums have this ability to know where every single thing is in the oh, house. Man, you mm. tell me about you say, mum, where's this and this and this? And you're asking like, where's this particular t-shirt? And I'll say, oh, have you tried here? Like, how do they even know where it is in the first place? But it's it's kind of like that. So I would never ever like denigrate the position of a homemaker because I think it's 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 important. I think it has to be in a system that works. And again, it goes back to what you made, the point you made earlier about finding a suitor that, that works for you. I'm, if we're going by ages, I'm 24 as well. Um, <laughs> I am, I am in a relationship. Um, quite, quite. Have you moved in? Uh, no, I've, I've not moved oh, in. No, no claps. <laughs> I've not moved in um, with with her yet. Anyway, that's that's kind of a discussion down 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 the line, I suppose. But uh, yeah, and I think when I think about my my partner and what she does, um, you know, I don't think she wants to be a, a stay-at-home mum. I wouldn't want for her to be a stay-at-home mum. And I'm on the proviso that you know, unless her mind changes and she says I'm up for it, whatnot. But I'd want her to do whatever she wants to do. Um, and I'd hope she'd have the same thing uh, opinion about me in terms of he can do whatever he does, so long as we just have, I guess, a symbiotic relationship. Um, but I think, I mean, the finances thing that to, to come back to the original point about the financing, money is money is it's it's very important. People often say, no, it's not important. It is important. Um, and I think it's becoming an increasingly important thing. Why? Because as inflation goes up, Inflation basically erodes um, wages to bring a bit of some capital moment here, commercial awareness stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, often I talk to a lot of people and they get hung up about why can I not buy a house at 22, 23, mm. 25, whatever, when my parents could do it. And I'm like, it's simple because back then a house was maybe two to four or five times of, you know, the, their, their salary. So it's easy to get a mortgage. Now, you know, uh, real prices have gone up. Real asset prices have gone up. Um, so the stock market has shot up since the 80s. Uh, the price of houses and real estate in general have gone up way up since the 80s, right? But generally speaking, for the average Joe in, in Britain, wages have not gone up in line with that. So there's this massive delta between um, you know, the price of a house and, and, and the salary that you make, which means it will probably take longer and take more saving to actually go and get a house, which means that we have to be prudent, even more prudent than our parents were, because I don't think our parents were particularly prudent in buying a house. They just did it because they could, yeah. um, you know, and of course, because of things like the right to buy, and Mrs. Thatcher saying council houses can now be bought and stuff like that made things very, very easy. Things are very difficult. And I think because of that, and because of the fact that inflation, which is basically just... If you think about a basket of goods, how much does that basket of goods go up by on a monthly or yearly basis? Essentially, that's what inflation is, or one way of looking at it. As it goes up, it erodes what we call real wages, uh, or it erodes the real value of things. Um, so you might have a salary of, I don't know, so like 50,000 or something like that, right? Inflation will mean that in real terms, you're really only in about maybe 30 to 40 or something. And it doesn't sound as glamorous anymore, I think. So um and that leads to the point this is the final point before i and i'm honking the mic so you have to excuse me um but because of these factors you have to be really prudent financially when it comes when it comes to relationships 
I think you have to discuss about your financial habits. I think you need to discuss things like when would you like to get a house? Even things like discussing the kind of credit that you have. Mm. Yes, exactly. Or, you know, credit cards. You know, what's your Mm. view on credit cards? What's your view on joint accounts? These things are, they're they're, they're paramount, I think. Um, Because, you know, you read these surveys and stuff like that as to why marriages and things like that don't work. Money tends to be a really important factor. Yeah, most certainly. So, therefore, it must be an important thing that we have to consider at the outset. So, and I'll I'll leave it there for now. So, So I'm about to change the direction of the conversation just slightly. Um, I pre-Twitter quite a bit and um, over time I've come across a few statements which I personally felt like could potentially influence um, men's, I guess, opinion of relationships or females currently. And one of them is men are trash. How do you feel like that statement could potentially affect, you know, men and getting into relationships? Um, <clears throat> the male trash issue is really interesting. I uh, I tweeted a poll uh, uh, last week, and basically, I don't mind the men are trash thing, and I don't mind it because I think women are joking when they say. I think it's kind we of like, I think it, no, no, I, no, I, I I do think it's kind of like this joke. Men are trash. Men are trash. Oh, let me get some attention. Oh, you know, let me just show other women that I'm down with it. Um, and I think a lot of women saying this kind of thing don't really have a, a real reason to think that. It's just maybe stories I've heard from other people, which who knows whether they're true or not, and so on and so forth. So I think most of the time, I think women are joking when they say these things. In the small percentage of the time that they aren't, and they are really um, bitter about perhaps the way they've been treated by um, a man or one, more than one man, I, I pity them. You know, I feel sorry for you. So I don't feel upset that you said that. I don't feel attacked about the men are trash. Um, so, so that's where I stand on it. I don't think it changes um, the opinions of other men in terms of their their response to women. I think there may, I mean, there may be people who are upset about it, and they're well, how can you say that? But I don't think that will ever change the dynamic between men and women. I don't think uh, uh, that would put someone off from um, um, being interested in a woman. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I think even in some cases, um, guys actually like it when that has been said. Because, oh, right. yeah, that's a good point yeah well. because it's just like, ah, uh, you know, you girls are just blah, 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 blah. And you just don't know what you're talking about. So it doesn't prove anything to them. Um, but to me, um, when I hear stuff like that, like he said earlier, I do feel, um, you know, sad for them. And obviously, you know, that's their opinion. They've either gone through something or they've gone through um, someone who's close to them who's actually gone through something and then they've just said that in sort of anger and annoyance and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I do hear that, if someone said it to me, I would either laugh because one, they don't know me and they just made a general statement and, or I would just be like, okay, you said it from a place of anger and I'm going to prove you wrong because I am not that person. So for me, when I hear statements like that, I just brush it off because it doesn't affect me. If it affects you, then, you know, to a certain extent, you've either been that sort of person who've done it because it's true. There's always if if you've if you if someone says something to you, right, whatever it is, and you get angry, I feel to some extent there may be a little bit of truth in it, and maybe other people have said it to you in the past, and it's just like piling up on you, and you know you're just like, oh, why why is this happening? I think then the guy has to check himself. And then realize that, you know, whatever I'm doing is wrong. 
But if it's a case of this lady is just being stupid for stupid reasons, then brush it off, you know, do you and just prove them wrong. I'm going to extend the question. If that, I guess, is not necessarily a barrier, what would you say are barriers that are affecting men from getting into relationships, one? Or I guess starting a family, seriously. And how can we solve it? It's not just about, you know, discussing the barriers. How can we solve, you know, any of the barriers or any of the issues that are preventing? I'm extending this question so you guys can. Mm, yeah. I think, I think <laughs> let, let me just jump back in. I think, I think the word settling down in itself mm. is a barrier. It's something that I feel shouldn't be labeled to um, marriage yeah, because yeah. settling down is just like, your life is over. Mm. Like, like, it's it's, just, it's right. just like, why? But your life is not over. You know, you, you're with someone else. You're, you get to experience life with someone else, you know? And then, you know, if you're able to get a child, then you're able to raise that child. You know, all these all this, all this other beautiful things that you're able to experience and things like that. I think the word settling down in itself is just kind of stupid. So, um, like, when people say that and it's like, oh, you're going to settle down. I'm just like... I'm not settling down. I'm not settling for anything. You know, I picked, you know, my wife. It's not a case of, oh, there's no one else in the world, yeah, exactly. you know? So I think that's one of the things. And if, and to give a solution, I would say, um, change that word, for example, make it, make it a, it's the next stage in my life, you know, something else I can look forward to, a positive term. you know, a pos- positive term, you know, like all other terms that we've changed in the past. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think I think settling down is only used for men. I've only heard it be used by men and for men. Oh, what you're settling down? Yeah, one point for the rest of your life. So. Yeah, <laughs> but one, but a woman would say, "Oh, I'm in a relationship," or "I'm married," and, and yeah, is the, the the switch of words could be literally from settling down to married. Exactly. It's literally that was more. Like that's that's a difference. In the nutshell, that is a difference. If it goes to say, "Yeah, I'm married," and if Depending on your circles, obviously. Yeah. I think it's. I think there's a lot of factors. Um, I think it depends on how you, not how you were brought up, how you were seen. I think for a lot of guys, finance is a factor. But then thinking back, like whilst my mum was trying to raise my, my sister to do, I guess, more of the house stuff, even though I can do it, she was ready to do more of it. And we were there learning, but she was like, it was drilled into her. Us was a lot of school stuff to go to uni to get money. Mm. So what I feel that drills into the guy is that in order to be married, you need to be financially stable. So whilst they're not, they're not looking into it. But the parents still drill into you be financially stable in your income. But I don't feel like enough parents, because they probably, a lot of parents don't know how to manage finances themselves. So it's hard to teach. I feel and I've seen. But because they find it difficult to manage and learn how to instill this is how you manage your money. The kid then struggles. So he's gone all or she's gone all her life drilled drilled into the fact that you need to earn money. You get to the point where you get money and you're thinking, well, every time the end of the every time it gets to the twenty fifth or whatever or the twenty eighth or whatever payday is, I'm always broke. So clearly I'm not ready. Mm. Whereas you could have so much money but you've never learned how to manage it. So then that stops you because you're thinking right if i'm gonna have to manage this money i'm gonna have to cut something out i don't really want to i'm not ready for that don't need to do that so i need more money and then that barrier (laughs) yeah it's that barrier becomes tough in some instances i think that's the case okay Uh, just to add to a previous point i've just thought of the uh the men are trash thing um obviously in in fact it was interesting because on the poll 
the um the the answer which just read um yes men really are trash that I asked won the poll which I found interesting I think men are trash is now not just about men being um, sexually promiscuous and heartbreakers, but it's kind of more of a general thing about men not being sensitive to women's issues. I think that's where we're going with it. The problem is that I think uh, it, it, it kind of acts as a gateway into kind of anti-male, flagrant anti-male attitudes, which men can then then like receive and then like start to put barriers up because they don't like that kind of thing. So I think it can lead towards that. But... Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's okay. The, um, in terms of, I think, I mean, I, I agree with Inni, in maybe we should change some of the language in terms of, I don't know whether settling down is, you know, the best, I mean, I mean, I guess you are settling down in a way, because if no. if, if you take my theory that, that I mentioned earlier, which is that uh, every uh, lady you meet, you're kind of subconsciously like asking yourself questions about whether she could be a partner. Mm. If that if that is true, then once you've found that partner, you settle down because you know. Aren't you longer... looking to live? Yeah, once you find that partner, aren't you looking to live? Yeah. So you you you're searching to go on to that next level. So mm. not in a sense that you're searching to. Oh, I'm just going to stay at home now. You're searching for like, all right, now I've got a partner. Yeah. I want to travel the world with this person or I want to build a business with this person or yeah. mm. I want to build a family with this exactly. person. Uh, it depends on the... It's about uh, setting down with a woman. I think it's the optics of settling down. I think that it's just oh, Some people mean it in a very endearing way. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to settle yeah. down. But when you often... If you talk about it amongst your friends, yeah, I'm settling down. It's just... It doesn't always... <laughs> yeah, doesn't appear to be in the best way. Actually, to, to mm, talk about right? like the... The theory you've made there, there are there's a Nobel Peace Prize, um, no, not no, Nobel Peace, no, uh, Nobel Economics Prize winner in he got it in 2013. The guy's Krugman. called Al Roth, no, not Krugman, Krugman was some years before. Um, guy called Al Roth, and um, Al Roth is a, a, an expert, a genius in matchmaking. Um, and his best example was, um, anyone who's a doctor that when they applied to go to the hospitals, there's a certain matching program that they have to go into. And he was called in in the early 90s to sort it out for the um, the UK and the US for various technical reasons. So they called him to do it. Um, and years before, someone who taught him, whose name was, um, I can't remember, his name was um, Perison or something, I think in the 60s, made an algorithm about how people can match and about how, and the example he uses is about, imagine, um, well, five guys and five girls all trying to get their best match. The rule, and this is generally for economics, is uh, the, the word optimal is I found the best match such that I can't find anyone else. This whole idea about things, if anyone who does economics, you know about things at the margin or things at the optimal, which means when something is marginally or optimally best, it means that you're going to be worse off if you're with someone else. And I think that's kind of how you have to see you shouldn't see it as settling down. You should see it as finding your optimal partner, that you're with someone who, to your knowledge, with the information that you have, because of course, you know, information is imperfect and whatnot, but with the information that you have, you feel like you have an optimal partner. And that doesn't feel like settling down. That doesn't feel like I've gone through one, two, three, four, five iterations of females to go back to this 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 model and say, oh, well, I could have picked number one, but it didn't work out. I, so I picked number two and three. I've, I've, it, you have to assume I've picked the best one mm based on the information, based on this is what I view optimality as. Um, and yeah, I think if you see it that way, as in this is the optimal partner, you know, we match on these things. I don't really think you see it as settling down. I think you just see it as this is great. We can now 
you know, we can make a business and we can raise a family and we can go traveling across the world and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Would that be optimal at the time though? Because, you know, some people, once they've gotten in relationships and then see someone who they're like, hmm, if you've come across someone else who you feel like, actually, I might be at my optimal with that person when you're yeah. already in a relationship, it's a bit... This is true. This Ooh, is true. I mean, it's a it, bit there is a, which is yeah, which yeah. is why um, which is why I mentioned the relationship earlier in in the House of Cards. Like they 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 aren't really together because they love each other in the lovey dovey, you make me feel warm and tingly inside kind of way. They're with each other because they benefit each other professionally, and the affection is like secondary to that. So I think. Like maybe that's important. I mean, I remember in the Middle Ages, a lot of the time people are getting married for political reasons, right? Um, the princess of France would have to marry the prince of England so that the country wouldn't have to kill each other for the next hundred years. So I think also, uh, I think like we should also be considerate of of who can. Um, I mean, love grows, right? So that aspect is there as well. I think. Yeah, I think um, when I think about relationships that have worked well and why they haven't worked well to me, I think that that whole like lovey-dovey feeling I come to realize is very temporary mm. because you know, like you you're doing other things, like you're working so much or whatever. You don't have time to be like, oh my god, I'm so loved up. But I think to me, and it will, it will mean different things to different people, but I think. You know, I, I always feel I know I'm in a good relationship when I, I just feel like there's there's the form of stability. Like, you know, you have someone that's kind of got your back and you don't. It's 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 that's, that's what it is to me. And I think I feel what my 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 best with the the other person, with my partner, when I just feel very, very stable. Um, and I don't mean stability in a boring way, because that's another thing that people often say, oh, stability you know is a is, is a bad thing i don't th i think i don't think stability in a relationship is a bad thing at all i think the life in which we live in the world in which we exist there are so many things that go on and there are so many things that are trying to take us off our center of gravity and if you can have a partner that serves as that center of gravity or as part of that center of gravity and i mean other things including like your spirituality and whatnot and whatnot and family and stuff you can have her be that kind of center of gravity and service from some form of anchor to your stability. I think that's great. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I'm going to round it off with this. Um, on my question, as usual, my question was directed at men, but we had some females reply. And one of them <laughs> came across with um, this point. She goes, there's never a right time. Plus everyone is different. So what may work for some may not work for you. But I say, if you're thinking about it, discuss with your partner, i.e. wife. I definitely say, I'll definitely say get to know your partner, have fun, go on adventures together, and finance having a having a stable home together. And finances play a major role. Although if you have love and are responsible, it should all be okay and work out. I think that's something we could all generally, I guess, agree on. Except for is there anyone who has exceptions? Love is it enough. What was that? Love. No. I said that love, yeah. love isn't yeah. enough. Like yeah, the whole, just, like love will make mm. things work out. It's just, mm. you know, most people who get married will say, oh, I love my partner. That's why we're getting married. In that instance, if Your that partner. is really full, no, 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 not necessarily. If that's the truth, then why is it that the divorce rate is like 40 to 50%? Mm. So you love someone. And then how many years down the line, it's we need to file for what? Irreconcilable differences. Mm. 
Like, what, what, what even is irreconcilable differences? Mm. Like, what kind of... So you loved each other at one point in time, and now you have such differences that you can't even work it out that you just want to break up and you just want to go go your way and you just want to take half and whatever, you know? And so to me, love is not enough. You need more than that. And this is why I think love is just this kind of like, it's this illusion. It's like this whole, oh, it's great to be in love. I, I think I got past that a long, a long time ago. Like it's, it's nice and it's necessary. And I think it's part of a relationship and having that kind yeah, of lovey-dovey yeah. feelings. But I think to think about love doesn't mean that a relationship is going to work out. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't guarantee you anything. You need more, you need stronger common denominators than some kind of chemical reaction in your head, which I can get when I'm eating a bar of chocolate. Mm. Easy, easy. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> but um, just a quick question in terms of um, uh, what you just said about things working out. Uh, I mean, do you, personally, I don't feel that, uh, I don't feel that relationships fail necessarily. I think that, you can meet someone and um, enjoy their company and share experiences and whatever with them. And that person can uh, help you with your personal development to a point. And at some stage, for whatever reason, you guys decide not to carry on with that situation anymore. anymore. So um, do you, would, you, would you class that as a failed relationship or? Uh, oh, um, no, just as a quick point, because I, I, I don't... I don't, I don't. I guess it assumes you know, we're assuming what the purpose is. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. I, okay. You know, I think that's that's kind of the question you have to answer. So mm. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. There. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. Cool. I guess so, that brings. Are we still going on with your point, or? Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Um, I think when I hear those statements, love is always a part of it. Fine. That's cool. But no one ever looks at the hard parts, and no one ever factors the hard parts in, because in a relationship you go through testing times for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, I think people kind of put relationships in this bubble of, um, but they put on a pedestal Mm. and it's Mm -hmm. like, for me, like from what I've seen just in general, so social media is a small bubble, we've got to remember that, but cheating seems to be a big factor. So then once you, if that doesn't happen in your relationship, fine. But what people don't realize is there's other things. So you could, for whatever reason, you could be in a mood and you clash. You could have communicated well in the honeymoon period, mm-hmm. but there's, you have some differences and it's starting to come through. Then it's how do we deal with that? That's what makes it tough. And that's when you know that, okay, at this point, this is definitely the partner for me. And I feel like people don't factor that in. It's almost like, it comes like it's a, it's a fairy tale. It's like love will always conquer. But through that, there's other things you've got yeah. to get through and there's other things that will test you. It's not... It could be it could be finances. It could be someone challenging you in a way you've never been challenged. It could be it could be it could be anything. It could be work. It could be okay. You know, this is my hours. I work three to eleven. Then your partner gets a job. You're like, wow, we're not going to see each other. You're going to take it, and then you get conflict, and then you're all thinking, where's this conflict coming from? And then yeah. all of a sudden, relationship's done mm. because mm. you didn't factor in how do we deal with the hard parts, and I think that's what people forget. Okay. Let's quickly go around quickly um, and just ask. Sorry, I'm Brent. <laughs> <laughs> they were all looking at me like, what's he doing? Uh, a quick question to the guys who are in relationships. So that's Tom, Troy, Troy and Rashid. Rashid. Yes. All right. So <clears throat> basically from Tom, I'm kind of getting the feeling that 
you do love your partner. There is love there, but you kind of wrap love in something different, not as the world sees love, yeah. but something more. I want to know what that more is. And also for you, because you also said just um, before I just interjected um, that they are testing times. And once it is you've gone through those testing times, that's when it is that you know, yeah, this is for me. So what keeps you if it's not just love? I want to know what oh, your what your definition of love is. You need to get you on a podcast um, often. Wow, trust me, you need to come and join us here. Um, I think, the, to me, the, the notion of, of, quote, love, unquote, that we all hear about is very much Hollywood-driven, um, that we Good see point. in the media and we see Good in like, the echo chambers of, of whatever. And I think you can kind of get swept away from it. And, you know, I, I read comments that say, if it isn't like... Um, like that Love Jones love. Love Jones is a wonderful like yeah. black nineties movie. Fantastic got Nia Long in it and, and she's wonderful in it and so is everyone else by any room but Nia Long. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but people say if it isn't like Love Jones love or if it doesn't have like a you know if nineties R and B Yeah, nineties R and B love, right? People say no, I I get the point, but it's like you know, the main person in 90s R&B, one of the main uh, pers- people were uh, Whitney Houston and, and, Bobby and Bobby Brown. Now look what happened with that. It's sad, sad. I'm not mm. gonna, it's not even a laughable matter when you think about it, but it's just, I also think that um, spirituality is an important part of relationships. And I, I, I do think that there's a difference between being religious and being spiritual, because I think there is a, there's a difference in my personal point of view. But I think having, having like a, a center of focus, which isn't like, your own and understanding that you're kind of not your own person. That's why, you know, that was how I was raised. And that's, I kind of still believe that now I'm, I'm not my own person and I have like a, a higher calling and a higher purpose, so to speak. Um, and that's why, I, that's why I don't really think love is this old flowery thing. I think there's more to it. And I think that, you know, a very brief point that just to bring it back to commercial awareness, because that's why I do all the time is what I think about. There's there's a there's a law in economics um, called Pareto's law or the rule of Pareto. Vilfredo Pareto, Italian guy who did philosophy, economics, you name it, did agriculture as well. Now he observed observed that um, in uh, he had like wheat crops, and he said that it was only twenty percent of his um, there was only twenty percent of his wheat crops which were uh, which produced 80% of the, the, the produce. The other 80% only produced 20%. You hear where I'm going with this 80-20 yeah. rule. Now, I often think that relationships are not focusing on or trying to find a partner in it anyway is not focusing on the 80. It's about focusing on the 20. It's about focusing on what can go wrong. This is why I do on a day-to-day basis in terms of at work. We don't focus on how well something can do. We focus on how bad can things get. And if you can mitigate that 20%, then I think the AT will just look after itself. So, yeah. Great point, yeah. Um, so, on my point, that was very good, actually. On my point. So, I think that initial love thing is a factor because you attraction all that stuff. You, I think the initial part, so the initial attraction, the whole lovey-dovey stage, you can call it that, is the first bit. But I think within that stage, you do need to set boundaries of how far you believe at that point your love can go. So for a lot of people, if they get hit, they're out. If you cheat, they're out. Whatever it is, they have their limits. Establish that first. Then you will go through things that you won't believe because I don't feel like a lot of people have experienced... A lot of people experience relationships differently. 
So you could get to like my age or younger or older. You've been through a few relationships and you could be with someone that's different and you will go through different tests. Once I feel like once you go, get to one and you feel like each, once you get to a test and you get through it and you feel like, yeah, I want to continue with this person. I think that's a step to say at this point, you love this person. I think if you go through enough, I think generally deep in you feel like, yeah, I like the good moments, but I'm happy that we can battle the bad yeah. and get through the bad so I can see myself with this person long term. A lot of people I know have never argued with their partner. I'm not saying there's got to be a serious argument, but they've never done it. Then they get into a relationship, then they have an argument, and then it's like, oh, well, it's done then because you can't chat to me like that. Things happen, conflict happens where yeah. people... We're social. We're not going to agree on every point. But it's what happens afterwards is important. Can you swallow pride and have a conversation about it? Can you... Um, can you... Not even just swallow pride. Can you just go and see, like, look, I made this mistake, but I feel like you've done this too. This I didn't realise beforehand this is what I can and can't tolerate. And I didn't realise, and half of the time, you don't realise that that's what your partner doesn't tolerate. But that's what you start to learn. And when you want to learn... And then when you, when you want to get through those moments, I think you get towards that feeling of love, I think. Yeah. I like both your answers. Um, Troy, I think earlier you said that um, you you know um, that this is the person to get married, you want to get married to, because when it is that you're with this person, you now want to live life with this person. Yeah. Getting married isn't just a settling down for you, it's a... No, I'm going to live, but with this person. Now, I like that. Now, the question asked of uh, both of you, you haven't answered yet. I still want an answer from you, Rashid. Is that feeling um, that is indistinguishable from any other feeling, any other relationship, uh, your friends and whatnot, when they say, yeah, I love her, but you're not seeing what it is you see in your female, in them, but they might have some uh, completely different, um, completely different take on love. What would be unique to your relationship and your relationship that, if you were to explain to me, a stranger, yeah. I would be able to be like, all right, cool, yeah, his love, I can understand that. I may not be able to relate because my love is kind of different. I can understand because you're not able to explain it to me. You feel it enough so that you can gesticulate it. You understand? I want to. I want to hear that from you guys because both of y'all, to be honest, y'all seem like level-headed guys. Um, you are somewhat spiritual. I, I think I've heard you mention a couple of times, uh, God willing, kind of a couple of times. And I fully agree with the whole separation with religiosity and spirituality. So I want to. I want to have faith in you guys uh, <laughs> that love is still exists between y'all because y'all are in relationships where I feel like you're looking to do the best with your partners and you feel like you've 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 kind of weathered the storm and you're still with them. So there must be a reason where hopeful romantics still like, yeah, I still want to believe in, in a love, whether it's not the ones that I see on um, these uh, Hollywood um, reality TV series and whatnot. I don't want that. Do you understand? So I, I need to hear from you guys how you explain it. I heard you mention the whole 80-20, but I still want to hear it. Give me your words. Give me your <laughs> wow. words. I will, I will end on that point as well. So, you guys. 
Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no pressure. Oh, mate. I don't know how to explain it. I think to make it someone else understand. So I think from the period, it's like when you... It's not even a thing. Yeah, it's kind of like when something happens, the first person I tell is her. And I realised from that moment, because when I was able to open up to her, like I haven't opened up, like I, when you put yourself in that vulnerable place of like, you're, you say it and it's said, but you think back and think, shit, if I said that to anyone else, I'm done. Like it's, it's done. Like whatever social life I had is over because it's, you feel personally is that, it's that, I guess it's that treasured. I think once I released that, I felt, yeah. I, I fully trust this person. I, everything that happens that's positive. She's the first person I tell. Um, I'll, something will happen at work. And it's the reactions as well that helps. So throughout my struggles, uh, when I was at Sainsbury's, hated it for two years. She was always helping. She was always trying to find me jobs. She was trying to help me with my video stuff. Whatever I did, she was on it like straight away because she had my back. And when it was the vice versa time, I had hers. And even in our darkest moments, we've had each other's back and it, it's the whole thing of despite everything that's happening we will have each other's back and we will be open with each other and we'll be vulnerable with each other like she says she never cried to everyone anyone before but she's crying to me that's she's showing me that she can trust me to be vulnerable and open same way i haven't really cried or spoke about situations when i lost my friend to cancer she was the first person to know the only person i cried to i spoke to my whole family no one else, everyone else got a straight face. Even my sister cried before I cried. And then I went to her, met her up because we weren't, to, weren't living together at the time. And I was just free enough, middle of Trafalgar Square, free enough with her in that moment to break down. And that's when I knew I was not even completely comfortable, but I loved and trusted this person enough to do so. And I think for me, that's what it was and that's what it is. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very moving. Wow. I think, well, I think um, it's very hard to put in words. It's like, you know, often you might ask someone, how do you know someone's the one? And they say, you just know. But if you, tr if I try to articulate, I think the love I have is, is a culmination of many things. So it's the culmination of um, respect, reverence, um, trust like unadulterated trust um the knowledge that i can say anything and there's no judgment um it's a safe space the relationship i have is a very safe space the world is not a safe space um but the relation the, the 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 space i have with my partner is a is a safe space and it's a safe space like no other um i think i think when you i think it's when you are very comfortable to say, and it's not just, you're, you're, it's it's having more comfort than you would with a best friend. It's kind of one level. It's like a, it's like this great form of intimacy and it's not, and it's not even a physical intimacy. It's just even having them there, the presence as well. It's like a, you, 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 you warm off each other, you radiate off each other just by being there with the other person. Um, and there's a, there's a bond. It's like this kind of, it's this invisible umbilical cord, if you will. Even that's a bit weird because that's a I'm a child <laughs> thing, but there's this kind of this this connection that you have. Um, there's this cosmic idea of um, to the cosmic forces in in the earth, and if 
two people ever get to meet. They're called twin flames. People should look it up, the idea of twin flames. And it's these kind of two cosmic forces that come together that have been looking in the universe for such a long time. And when they find each other, it's just this... You, It's like you feel like you've met someone that you've known before. Like, in, not to say in another life, but you just, you know, you connect so well. You balance each other out so so well you both can teach each other something um you're on the same page your head is you know you it doesn't mean you have disagreements but for a lot of things you agree and even the things you disagree there tend to be just minutiae which you know often it's just you see things in the same way but just from two different sides of a coin and it's very easy for me to be on the other side and for her to be on the other side and you just kind of yeah it's it's just it's, it is just this Mag magnetic reaction and it just feels very natural when you meet them it's there's just very um toing and throwing that you have with each other and it's not forced i think when you meet other people and sometimes when you when you like someone sometimes you try to like someone as well and i've heard this you know a lot of i heard guys say this too but i often hear ladies say i'll learn to like him i think with someone a partner that you have such a deep and intimate relationship with there was no learning to like them you just like them from the outset and you kind of like them even more i think um Maybe when it comes to the matters of love, I don't think you kind of, you didn't fall into love because it, you, you knew it would happen. So you walked into it and it's not, oh my God, I know what I'm doing. You were fully conscious of what you were doing, but you were okay to move a little bit faster and therefore fall. But you knew you were walking into it. And so there was a lot of, you still felt control and you never felt fearful about it as well. And it's, it's the, I'm, I'm probably jumbling all of these things because it's, it's everything and more. But that's kind of what it is. And, and someone said to me that, you know, when you found someone incredibly special, when like they're the only person that you want to tell anything to, you would never lie to them. You'd rather hurt them by telling them the truth than you than lying to them. Um, you'd rather just be honest and say, look, this is the situation. This is how I feel. I don't like this. I like this, I, whatever. And I think you, I, I think when you have something like that, it's very precious and you don't want to let it go. And I also think that conflicts will always arise, but, for some reason, I don't understand when, when people assume that it's okay to bring problems into a relationship. You know, some people like to fight and I'm not talking, you know, you have a little small, I'm talking a serious fight. Some people want to bring it into the relationship. And I'm like, no, no genuine relationship will have endogenous problems, i.e. problems in the relationship. They'll be exogenous. You'll have problems from work. You'll have problems from family finances. That will, that should be the factor that creates problems. But that means that you're able to you're able to center around each other. You're both able to be each other's anchors. And I think when you have a genuine relationship, most of those problems are exogenous because you know that what you have with each other, you want to keep and you want to protect and you'll do everything. It's like the Book of Eli. You'll do everything you can to protect that thing that you have because it's so sacred. Mm -hmm. um, and, and because it's sacred, like, it's like I say this to my, my, my girlfriend all the time. Like, if she says to me, I want to go to Ibiza, I want to go to Vegas, I want to go to Miami. I'm like, knock yourself out because I trust 110%. I'm like, enjoy yourself. And I'm like, first of all, you're, you're a fully grown adult, but more importantly, I love you. So you go ahead and do what you want to do. I have no concerns about this is what I'm going to do. And I think it's that kind of just blind faith, um, blind trust, but you know, they won't uh, abuse that faith or trust because it's there on the other side and I know I've gone on and on and on but I'm hoping that you know I've conveyed the point so I'll leave it there that's amazing uh, beautiful and um, Rashid yeah boy, you're not about to put me in the spot but I mean I, there's nothing else I can really say in comparison to what they said like with me personally I feel like it's just it's a, it's a, almost like a wholeness like I feel complete at times or most of the time um, there's times when we have arguments as you do 
but it's just a wholeness. Like I feel like, as you said, someone who I've met before or someone who, you know, we share things that I've never shared with anyone before. And I've been, I've, you know, I've felt like I've been in love before, but I've, my definition of love has always been um, something along the lines of like the highest level of, um, I guess, feeling or attraction that you had towards someone that you've never had before, basically. And I believe you can be in love multiple times. Um, but yeah, I mean, me and my missus, it's like literally yin and yang. Like, you know, I'm about to get me, you know, you know, about to get me all soppy on the podcast. Stop that. Yeah, yeah. Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a lovely show today, guys. I'm about to round it up there. Can we just go around quickly and remind everyone who we are, plus our, you know, whatever you want to promote, like so- social media handles. Imagine start with Mr. Dami. Yeah, Brent. No, start no, with Brent. No, no. no, Brent, Brent, no, I've already you mentioned your name, you so you kind of have to. So my name is Brent and um, my Brian handle is produced by him. Uh, they're recording right now in my spot, my haven. A lovely spot. Lovely. And um, I, I quite enjoyed this um, this podcast, this session. Did we like the other one? Mm. Just throw it at me. So you decided to say it on the podcast. Wow. I feel safe with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a level of intimacy in the room. (laughs) Um, I I don't have uh, 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 any stories of emotional depth to share right now. Uh, But sorry, yes, um, this is Dami. My uh, Twitter is Dami Dude. I'm currently working on a YouTube show where I'm interviewing people and talking about the issues that came up in films. Um, and if you happen to hear this before Wednesday, the 29th, I'll be on BBC uh, Victoria Derbyshire show between 9 and 11, talking about Brexit and related issues. So um, thank you, Brett, for this lovely room and um, equipment. And thank you guys for the level of intimacy and uh, level of intimacy which was shared, which I didn't expect when I first walked in here. Okay. Any <laughs> <laughs> um, here? I am, like I said earlier, engineer, and I do spoken word videos on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, my Twitter handle is any underscore a four p. However, I'm not really on Twitter that often, so. The best way to get me or to find my stuff would be to go on YouTube and just type in A and then number four and then P TV. Um, The reason for that is because I use that as a platform to just share my thoughts um, through spoken word poetry and eventually I'll bring other people in to kind of talk about um, youth progress. I have a heart for the youth and it's, it's more of a christian um show so if you're christian show up if you're not still show up mm-hmm. you know you can learn something um and it's not obviously 100 percent about christians about life and the christianhood and you know how the teenage like dilemma of um oh you're a christian how could you xyz be you know all that kind of stuff so yeah that's me and yeah cool. Tom here once again after all that soppiness. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, my handle is known as Kwame. That's because my middle name's Kwame. Um, but yeah, I, I, I use that fairly regularly. So, but in terms of capital moments, the handle is, uh, well, capital moments. Um, I probably use that more than I use my personal handle. So follow uh, me slash us, i.e., the company, on, on that. Thanks, guys.
Yeah, I'm trying. Um, I didn't give my handles last time, you know. No, no, I just <laughs> said that bit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Instagram, Troy the Director. You ain't going to find much in there, though. Imagine, can you imagine? But you'll find me on Twitter tweeting a lot. So, I am a videographer. But I'm focusing in the social fields. So, you see me tweeting a lot about social stuff. And obviously, this week is also Autism Awareness Week. So, I'm trying to find stuff and try and populate the timeline with that. And some fun stuff and some banter and... All sorts, you see all sorts of Wahala just traveling through my <laughs> timeline that I've seen. I give you a lot of information. What is but, your Twitter handle? But my Twitter handle is at Visionary TJ with two N's. Nice. So my Twitter handle is at Rashid again. But most importantly, follow the eligible batch at the eligible batch. Twitter doesn't allow us to use so many letters, unfortunately, so we had to cut it down. And if you'd like to join the batch, visit the website www.theeligiblebatcher.com and click join the batch. Ooh.